Welcome, I'm Graydon, and I'm your guide through the deep dive in the world of movies right here on the Director's Cut. Exclusively right here on the Bloodline Entertainment Network. Check out the description below for all the ways you can follow us. And remember to hit that subscribe button, hit that like button, and hit that bell notification for more videos like this. Without further ado, let's dive in. Oh, oh, oh it's a deep burn. Oh, it's so deep. Ah. So I'm going to dive into this movie in three ways. First way, I'm going to give you guys the synopsis for each one of the three Guardians films. So volume one, volume two, volume three. In that order, I'm going to also give you guys the timeline that we find our Guardians throughout the entire MCU that leads us up to volume number three. And then I'm going to give you a non-spoiler review of Guardians of the Galaxy volume three. And let's get to this. The synopsis for Volume 1, a brash space adventure, Peter Quill, finds himself in the quarry of relentless bounty hunters after he steals an orb coveted by Ronin, a powerful villain, to evade Ronin. Quill is forced into an uneasy truce with four desperate misfits, gun-toting Rocket Raccoon, a tree-like humanoid named Groot, the enigmatic Gamora, and the vengeance-driven Drax the Destroyer. But when he discovers the orb's true power and the cosmic threat it poses, Quill must rally his ragtag group to save the universe, thus becoming the Guardians of the Galaxy. And in their second volume, Peter Quill and his fellow Guardians are hired by a powerful alien race known as the Sovereign to protect their precious batteries from invaders. Batteries? Yes, batteries. When it's discovered that Rocket has stolen the items they were sent to guard, the Sovereign dispatch their armada in search for the in search for vengeance as the guardians try to escape the mystery of peter's parentage is revealed and the newest chapter in this guardians of the galaxy saga still reeling from the loss of gamora peter quill must rally his team to defend the universe and protect one of their own if the mission is not completely successful it could possibly lead to the end of the guardians as we know them so i just those right there are the synopsis for all three movies and as you can see each time it gradually the stakes get gradually more progressive and a lot worse for our team so before i continue on let's see who's all in here tonight uh we got we got clark street what's up we got universal wrestling podcast let's go streets my man you're right there ivan way to go man thanks for showing up Dylan, thanks for showing up. Courtney, thanks for showing up. Hey, Courtney's just saying hey to y'all. And here we go. Yeah, yeah. We're we're here. We're here. We're ready to go. Cage is here. Dom is here. Courtney's still saying hey to everyone. Everyone's still saying hi to each other. 
what's good brother things are going good man how are you tonight De Niro's here Courtney's back what's good I I'm doing well tonight ladies and gentlemen so thanks for asking yeah smash that like button yeah listen listen to Devin <laughs> why do we need a volume three I thought all of them died in Endgame I'm so confused I'm glad you asked that. We're going to get into that shortly here, Courtney, but not all of them died in, in Endgame. So if you haven't followed since Endgame, yeah, you're in for a world of your head exploding. So <laughs> so that's the thing. And, uh, and let's see, Streets. I'm not just going to Eber, but Streets gets this two thumbs up. Way to go, man. Way to go. Yeah, way to go, man. Thanks. <laughs> yeah tim thanks all right so here we go i'm gonna get into the timeline of the guardians of the galaxy throughout the entire mcu we're talking all these movies that have been out we're gonna start in the year of 1988 where peter quill is just a young kid in a hospital room with his mom who's dying of cancer and when he's asked to leave the room by his grandfather, he is abducted by a pirate group of ravagers on behalf of his father, Ego. And here he is raised by the blue skin with a, with a red mohawk na named Yandu Udanta. Fast forward 26 years and the year's 2014. Peter becomes Star-Lord, the legendary outlaw. His own name. Why not? He, he goes and steals an orb from Morag. No one knows yet what this orb contains the power stone. You know, one of those stones for Thanos' gauntlet of doom. Yeah. Stopping Ronan, the accuser, from getting it for Thanos. Quill is being pursued by Gamora. She and Quill are arrested by the Nova Corps, along with the bounty hunt, along with bounty hunters Rocket, Raccoon, and Groot, who have tried to capture Quill for the reward money. Yes, Peter Quill is a wanted man. So you have Gamora, Rocket, and Groot trying to capture him for that money. And but the, yet they're all thrown into prison in the kiln when they try when they break out with Drax in tow to deliver the orb to the collector who Gamora had lined up to purchase said orb. They find that the Ravagers and Ronin start cornering in on them in the location known as Nowhere. What Nowhere is is this gigantic head that they live in, which be ends up becoming their base of operations. So it's a big gigantic head. It's a head of a cel dead celestial. Supposedly, uh, in the comic books, it would be. So right here, it's they're living there. So big, huge head in, out in the middle of space. Where now, Peter and Gamora get captured by Yondu with Rocket, Groot, and Drax not far, Drax not far behind. Ronan then decides to use the stone to take over Xandar, the home of the Nova Corps. Without Thanos, Quill does a dance-off, then uses the stone with help from the Nova Corps and the Ravagers to defeat Ronan. This group officially become the guardians of the galaxy and peter knows he is more than just human after taking all that power and not dying if you guys have seen the first one you see that peter's absorbing all that purple energy yeah peter realizes that after that said and done and they defeat ronan that there's more to him than meets the eye kind of like transformers but he's not a transformer
No one work gave me Unicron flashback. So yeah, it, it's kind of similar to Unicron, but not really Unicron. Can't wait to see the third. Yeah, it's I'm going to get there. I'm going to get there. I, I don't want to get ahead of myself. All right. Now we fast forward to the year 2015. A few months later, they take their job for the genetically engineered race known as the Sovereign. Rocket Rocket then steals from them for these batteries, angering them. The Sovereign go after the Guardians, and Ego destroys the Sovereign fleet, causing Aisha, you know, the head lady who's there of the Sovereign, who makes this cocoon. And you see it at the end of the movie, in the post credit scenes of two, she goes, I shall name him Adam, who makes Adam Warlock to seek revenge against the Guardians. We'll see his chamber. We see his chamber here, but he does not debut to volume three. But yet Nebula shows up in all of this. Nebula is here as part of the team now. Shortly after Ego saves him, he reveals that he's good. he is Peter Quill's father. Him and Peter begin to bond as the Ravagers turn on Yondu. And Rocket, Groot, and Drax repair the ship. So the team's split up right now. They go to Ego's world. Nebula and Gamora reconcile after all their sisters and daughters of Thanos. Peter turns on his dad when he finds out that Ego gave Peter's mom cancer. How much of a dick move is that? That you give this kid's mom cancer just because you loved a whole bunch of different women and you just didn't want them to be able to procreate. But Peter happened to survive that before the cancer ravaged his mom. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, JD. What's up? But yeah, so you guys see, his father is pretty much a big dick. Although in the comic book, he's a gigantic planet. Makes sense. <laughs> he finds out that just because Ego was his father, or, or was the one who inseminated his mother, doesn't mean... He may have been your father, boy, but he wasn't your daddy. Yeah, like Yandu said there, he might have been your father, but he wasn't your daddy. We find out that Yandu treated Peter more like a son, and Peter viewed Yandu as a father. And he had one of those most touching moments ever, as you just saw. It also comes to the fact where Yandu was able to sacrifice his life to save Peter. They're out in the space, and Peter can't, they're, they're starting to not be able to breathe. Yandu puts something on him, hits it. Peter gets a force field over him and is actually sitting there able to breathe as Yondu freezes in space and dies. As being a deadbeat, that wasn't enough. Yes, yes, it was. So you see, Mantis now joins us because Mantis was part, was with Ego. He was, she was one of the aides to Ego. And Craiglin, who Craiglin is, if you guys don't know, is Yondu's psychic. He's his right-hand man. So he, now Bantis and Craiglin joined the team in 2015. 2018, yeah, three years later, the team meets Thor after the effects of Thor Ragnarok when Thor is looking for a new home. Asgard is destroyed. Thor is seeking a weapon to destroy Thanos for good. The team splits up as Rocket and Groot go with Thor. Peter, Gamora, Drax, and Mantis go after the reality stone that's on nowhere. They face Thanos and he captures and kills Gamora he captures and then takes Gamora to Vorm, Vornir 
and throws her off a cliff to kills her to get the soul stone because it's a soul for a soul. And then Star Lord, and then the Star Lord team with Nebula. So we were talking Peter, Gamora, Drax, Mantis, and Nebula now meet with Iron Man, Doctor Strange, you know the Sorcerer Supreme, and Spider Man, you know that little kid. They go to Titan to battle Thanos for the Time Stone. Rocket and Groot successfully help Thor create Stormbreaker before they go to Wakanda to fight Thanos and his elite guard. Where guess what happens? They fail. Honestly. I like superhero movies that tell me that they fail because they don't always have to win. Vision is killed when his gem is ripped out. It's the last gem Thanos needs. He puts it in his gauntlet. He snaps his finger, wiping out half of the population. Thus, our team of Guardians are wiped out, except for Rocket and Nebula. Why those two? I don't know. It's a question I want to ask James Gunn personally. Why those two? Well, I know because he's a huge fan of Rocket, and that's why. Rocket. But Nebula, I honestly don't know. Those two and Iron Man are rescued after they're in the ship for a while. There's oxygen. Iron Man's about ready to die. Rocket's about ready to die because there's no oxygen on here. They're rescued by Captain Marvel and join the Avengers and gain the stones back to reverse what happened. Thor murders Thanos before he's able to... mentions that he uses the stones to destroy the stones yes thanos uses the stones to destroy the stones so thus is it's the end game folks in 2023 it's the end game rocket and nebula formulated plan with the avengers to go back with a ragtag team of heroes they do this by going back in time to gather the stones to get back to the present to snap themselves to snap it themselves thus bringing everyone back and our team helping out battling 2014,000. So here's the time. Here, here's the timeline right now. I'm telling you guys this timeline, but you guys are probably a little bit confused. 2014 Thanos is the Thanos that we originally saw in Infinity War before they killed him. Before he was sir, it was him searching around for the stones. So the Avengers led him to the stones, and ultimately gave the 2014 Thanos the stones this thanos hasn't been defeated yet this thanos is undefeated in every battle he has no one has been able to stop him so he's he heard of their plan to undo the former thanos's work the guardians might have lost their gamora but you see gamora once again betrays her father of thanos but this gamora doesn't know this team or her being in love with peter she leaves on her own following the Battle of Earth. People are back. Everyone is undusted. Five years are missing off of their lives. It's no big deal. Honestly, it's no big deal. This, this is why you don't see her, Gamora, at Tony's funeral in 2023. You look at that scene, you see Groot, you see Nebula, you see Peter, you see Drax. You don't see Gamora. Because of that. 2023 to 2024, Thor joins up with the team after the events of Endgame to try and find themselves up in the space, in the cosmos. This is also seen in Thor Love and Thunder when the Guardians leave him on that planet and he goes to try and protect this castle but ends up destroying it anyways. (laughs) Thor, he's a big clunky man. Clunky, clunky, clunky man. Okay. 2025, the Guardians 
celebrate the holidays. Yes, the Marvel Universe is now in the year 2025. They're in the future, folks. Watch it closely because we might learn something. <laughs> it's a it's the holidays. Peter's a little beside himself because he can't celebrate the holidays because he's sad because he wants to know he wants to find his see if his grandfather's still alive stuff like this so it's plaguing him so mantis and drex decide to give him a gift after peter says he doesn't want one they kidnap kevin bacon yes they kidnap kevin bacon who plays himself in here as a gift for peter kevin bacon joins in the festivities and the fun before returning to earth in the in the christmas special but here's something that's very important. Mantis reveals she is also a child of Ego, thus making her and Peter brother and sister. So now Peter is not an only child without anyone. He now has a sister with him on his ships as well, too. So, yeah, Dom, I, I get choked up every time when Yandu say, says that and sacrifices himself. It, it chokes me up every time. It does. In fact, let, let, let's do a little cheery thing for Yandu. <laughs> what? You look like Mary Poppins. Is he cool? Hell yeah, he's cool. I'm Mary Poppins, y'all! All right, right now we're on to the review of Guardians 3. And I got to say, if you're a fan of the first two, if you're a fan of the first two, then in this case, you're going to love the third one. Yeah, I'm Mary Poppins, y'all. That, that, that gets me every time because that's something Peter knows because he's stuck in the 80s. Thus the music in the first two movies. But then he's actually here right now and Calls him Mary Poppins. Is he cool? Yes, he's cool. And that gets me every time. That's one of the best written jokes in there. To start, like I want to say, there are going to be no spoilers given here due to the fact that it's only been out not even a week yet. So if you like the, like I said, you like if you like the first two Guardians movies, you're going to love this one. It has an awesome soundtrack. This one's set more in the 90s than it was in the 80s in the first one. And to the same humor as the other two. It also sees the return of James Gunn, folks. The return of James Gunn as the writer and director of this. Thus concluding his story of the Guardians. Which is, which is a phenomenal feat in today's Marvel world. Because nobody gets that opportunity in Marvel. Even most franchises don't get that opportunity for the original writer and director to finish their story. And finish what they started in the first place. Well, the... Especially when they fired James Gunn. They fired James Gunn originally. And then they were like, oh, this, this franchise is in jeopardy. What are we going to do? They hired him back just to finish this movie. <laughs> and then he quits Marvel after the movie's done. 
is now the co-head of DC Studios, ushering in the brand new DC. And I'm very stoked for that. Because if he does what he did for Guardians of the Galaxy and Suicide Squad for the rest of the DC, I'm happy for that. Drax, Starlord, Groot, Nebula, Mantis, Rocket, Craiglin, and Cosmo are back in this culmination of the franchise. Again, that's Drac, Star-Lord, Groot, Nebula, Mantis, Rocket, Craiglin, and Cosmo the Wonder Dog. They're back. The story plays out as such, as a culmination of events. Each character throughout the two-and-a-half-hour runtime shows up, meaning that each are given an adequate amount of time on screen. This story seems sees the return of the Sovereign, the gold, the gold skin people that I mentioned in Volume 2, and the debut of Adam Warlock, which was teased in the post credit scenes of Volume 2. However, this is a Rocket-centric story, so if you're a Rocket Raccoon fan, this is a story for you. The, the last time we have, like we did last time with Star-Lord, Star-Lord was the centric storyline in 2, Rocket is here for the third one. And Dom, you're hoping for Howard the Duck? He showed up in two, didn't he, in the collector's quarters? I, I'm not going to say anything. I'm not going to say anything. I, I Like I said, I don't want to give away any spoilers. Yeah. And I'm leaving it at that. We learn about who Rocket is in this movie. We learn everything about Rocket in this movie. I want to talk a little bit about the villain because we've seen him in the trailers. It's that guy, you know, the guy wearing the purple whose face is kind of stretched like this. The villain is, which is shown in the trailers, is the High Evolutionary, who, as his name suggests, is trying to perfect the perfect race through evolutionary processes, i.e. creating them himself. Just, just like in the comic books he does. He is the man behind the humanoid animals we see in the trailer. You know where that little rabbit girl drops the ball, goes to Drax, he picks it up and to throw it back at her and hits her in the face in the trailer? Yeah, he's responsible for that group right there. This villain, the High Evolution, is very, very good villain. The moment you see him and the moment you start seeing his story, you want to hate him. You want to hate this guy. And you do that. You go throughout this movie hating him for what he does. And I'm not going to say what he does because you will hate him even more for that if you're shocked by what he does. This guy could have been an Avengers-level threat, but was very well played in here in this universe with Guardians. It just kind of makes sense. Here they are protecting their friend. I'm not going to say which friend. They're protecting one of their friends from this guy. Why? Because maybe this friend was created by him. I'm just saying that very well could be. I don't know who I know who you don't know who, and I'm not going to tell you who this movie has the humor and the soundtrack. As I said earlier, it's phenomenal. James Gunn has a way of picking songs that are not well known or, or were hits and then fizzled out. This movie, like the other two plays on your emotions, but it also finds our team doing what they do best, doing crazy things to defend the galaxy. All the loose character arcs that have been here in each of the previous two movies are concluded here. And what I mean by this is we know Drax's story is he wants to seek revenge on Thanos. He got that in two. But why did he want to seek revenge on Thanos? Because he killed his wife and kid. 
So Drax's story is played out. Groot dies, becomes little Groot, and then now we see Groot. He's like kind of buff. He's like he's like Sylvester Stallone, Arnold Schwarzenegger Groot now. We see him. His, his story with Rocket is not finished, but it culminates together in this movie. Nebula and Peter's relationship culminates together. Nebula's relationship with everyone ends as well in here. Mantis does the Mantis story arc with her being Mantis and not and being literal with everything. Same with Nebula. Those end here in a great, great way. Yes, each character has a great closing, a great ending to each of their stories in this trilogy. And this is the end of a trilogy. I'll put it at that for this movie. This is an end of a trilogy. Kind of like how Endgame was supposed to be the end of everything, and then they just went on to Phase 4. That made no sense. Shout out to James Gunn. Love what he's doing with DC right now also. Yeah. Yeah, that's right, man. Yeah, that's right, Nick. I I am enjoying what I'm seeing about that. In fact, that's what I'll be talking about next week. It's James Gunn's DCU and what the future looks like for that and why you should be excited. So that's next week's Director's Cut. But we're not done yet with this week's. Just to let everyone know, there are two post-credit scenes. And here they are right now. Ah, ha, ha, I got you. <clears throat> I'm not going to tell you. There's two of them, so be prepared for that when you go to see it. The credit crawl is something special for the fans of the entire franchise. So stay for the credits. If you're one of those people that don't want to stay for the credits, you need to. It's a very touching tribute to everything in there for this entire franchise as a whole. Usually I give this four. Usually I or people rate this five. Like out of five stars or ten stars, but here since we're on a network and we talk about wrestling, sports, and entertainment, I'm just going to either tell you guys if it's a too sweet, it can't be beat, or if it's too sour, which is upside down, and shouldn't bother. Well, right here, I'm just going to say it's just too sweet; it can't be beat. So you guys need to go out and see this movie. As of right now, it's about at. I think it it hit its budget of 250 million. It's at 280 million right now after this opening weekend. Go and see this movie. Make it, make James Gunn's last Marvel chapter hit a billion dollars. That way the promise the future looks bright for DC and those properties there as well. <laughs> yes, I swerved you all. That's right. Uh, <laughs> I wasn't going to show those, no. <laughs> I'm glad you thought I was going to. I'm not going to show those. I want you guys to be surprised about them. And if you guys have seen it, please comment down below. But remember, I do not want to see any comments of spoilers until like maybe next Friday because then everyone's had a week to about to go see this movie. And I know most people will probably see it within the first week, week and a half. So that's usually how these things roll out. Until next time, remember, there's more to movies than what we see on screen. I am Graydon, and I am your guide. I am your director. I consider myself a teacher. Yeah, I might just consider myself a teacher. Anyways, or a guide through this movie, through history of films and their history behind everything right here 
on the Directors Club. I'll see you guys here next time.